fans assemble. Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, and Tom Hiddleston are coming to Ace Comic Con at the Wamu Theater in CenturyLink Field Events Center June 22nd through 24th. Visit 150 comic writers, artists, and vendors with 30 hours of programming. Tickets available at acecomiccon.com. Are you excited about seeing the new Star Wars movie? Yeah, I like the first one a lot, and I think the second one will be just as good. I've been waiting all year, and I'm going to be going again. I'll go see it. My kids will go see it, and I'll go with them, and I'll probably sneak in again on my own. I want to see it bad, but I don't know when it's going to come around the Chicago city. There's simply more in them, more action, more gadgets, more characters, more robots, more special effects, and better special effects. So after suffering three years of Star Wars ripoffs and imitations, May 21st, we get the real McCoy, and it's something rare, a sequel that works. And welcome to this episode of Bonus Points. Bonus episode of Blast Points. This is Jason. It's Gabe too. And this week, with our bonus episode, we are going to listen to your solo listener reviews that you sent in. We asked for them, and we got a lot of them. Yes, we got a bunch, so it's going to be fun. So get comfortable, sit back, and listen to... What you folks thought of Solo. And here is our first one from our buddy Thor. Let's hear what Thor had to say. And after Thor, we're just going to go straight through all the rest of them. So hold on. Hey, guys. I just got out of the fan event for Solo, A Star Wars Story. It was so amazing. I'm sure that uh, you probably were extremely excited to see that uh, Move Milker reference in there. But uh, probably the most important thing about this movie for me was how it expands the Star Wars universe. It shows those areas that you've only seen in comics, that you've only read about in novels, and it actually puts it on the screen. And it was just, I mean, it's everything that I ever wanted to see. It's all those really dark areas of the Star Wars universe that just never existed on screen before, and you got to see them. It was amazing. And I know everyone's probably going to be focusing on that uh, cameo at the end of the movie. But, like, for me, yes, I I was like, what is this? This is amazing. I can't believe that it's there. But it, it, that's not the takeaway for me. The takeaway for, for me is that this movie binds together the Clone Wars. It binds together Legends stories. It binds together uh, Rebels. Uh, it so much stuff that it, it's. I mean, it's so cohesive with what it does with the the Star Wars timeline. It's amazing. I loved it. It was perfect. Uh, I hope that everyone else liked it too. So thanks, guys. See you. Hey there, Blast Points. This is Van Williamson, Ash Williamson. Just got out of Solo, A Star Wars Story. Uh, I loved everything about it. All I'm going to say is I felt like I died and went to heaven halfway through, and I'm never coming down. Hey, this is Ash. Uh, Darth Maul is in this movie. Lando's great. Freaking human-speaking Wookiee. Chewie's handsome as ever. I want to see all the Calrissian Chronicles, every single one of them. I, I'm in love. 
This is what true love feels like. I've never thought hearing a frog sing would uh, make me cry. <laughs> it was great. Have fun, guys. All right, Blast Points. This is Ricardo. And Marissa. And we just got out of Solo. And so many thoughts. I mean, obviously, I want to roll around in it. I just want to, like, rub all of that Star Wars on my eyeballs. <laughs> well, for sure, we need a second viewing. Yeah. Maybe a third. It's one of those type of movies. I just want, like, a, a, like a hood or, like, a chest plate armor. Oh, a whole lot of um, Snowtrooper armor. I just, no, I want L3 back. L3. Yeah, L3 is great, but but I okay. So overall, like my first thought was there are some really good things about it. Like overall, I'm, I'm I I love Star Wars. I love this movie. I'll keep watching it. But there were parts where like that were way better than other parts. There were parts that yeah. really just mm-hmm. clunkered. It, it was almost like like a train that had like the engine in the middle of you know in the middle of the train so it was like pushing all the other bad parts along the road you know i don't know if that's a good metaphor but like that first scene man me and marissa looked at each other and we love star wars i mean i love star wars but i looked at marissa and i and i was like what 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 are we watching like what's going yeah, on i mean it was like so those first scenes with kira and han I was not feeling it. But oh, then, yeah, it was. You know, it's so much exposition. But then Lady Proxima came. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she it, looked amazing, but it was just a little. Uh, I mean, yeah, and then we got to the to the alien, and the alien was like had this like, I love the alien. The alien's great. I want to see somebody riding that alien. But yeah, but it was like it just got. She was like, um, um, like from Golden Girls or something. <laughs> Dude, no, you know what it was? It was the voice from Monsters, Inc., because we just rode on that ride. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 the, it's, it's the boss. It's like, ah, I see you there. I'm what? You know, like that lady. That's I don't know her name right now, but it's the one. Yeah, so that was cool. But but then there was just like, it was almost like you could see the parts that like Phil Lord and Miller, Miller directed, who, uh, by the way, those guys are cool. But you could see the parts that they made and then the parts that Ron Howard made. I don't know, but we don't really know which parts are whose parts. Well, we know that Dryden Voss yeah, parts were all Ron Howard. Yeah, we don't know for Howard. sure, but me and Rick can kind of feel which yeah. ones are whose. And it just, for me, it felt disjointed, and I wish it would have flowed better. And I really don't say bad things about Star Wars movies. She doesn't say anything bad about Star Wars. And, <laughs> and then she also, like, isn't, like, into the, like, the the, the, the filmmaking aspect as much, you know, as like, she's not as I, as I am, but, like, when I was there watching it, I just kept feeling like, okay, that's, w- wait, what, uh, oh, wait, this is great, uh, you know, like, this is back and forth of, like, like, when they were talking, they were just talking a lot in different parts where it was like, wait, why are you, okay, Oh, get back in the engine and fix it, but, you know, don't... Oh, oh go back and fix the engine. Okay, I'm going to go fix the engine. Like, you know, stuff like that. But then there were other great parts, so, I mean, I I, I loved it. Um, I mean, Han and, and Chewie meeting was sort of Yeah, favorites. and the mud fight, the mud trooper stuff is great, and the Enfy's Nest. Oh, Basically I, the dirty stuff. And, and Yeah, and but Enfy's Nest also, like, I was su- surprised that I would love that character so much. Like, I actually really dig her. Rebellion, hello. Yeah, no, but also because she was female, fucking bad, effing badass. Sorry. Okay, um, we have a theory about Enfy's nest, but she, I don't know if we can we say it here. <laughs> oh my god, it's 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 Saw Gerrera's daughter. It's, it's gotta be. It's Saw Gerrera's right? daughter. She doesn't know it, but she, totally. And two tubes or Edrio. Oh my god. Oh my god. We both looked at each other. We're like. Oh! See, like, 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 there was, I mean, and, and the cinematography, I mean, Bradford, oh my God, why didn't he shoot another movie? Probably the best, I mean, it, it's up there, probably one of the best shot Star Wars movies, I've, I've, I have was, to say. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. 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 Be- the aesthetic, the costume design, I mean, that's really what I loved about oh, it was like the art the direction. And the and the creatures. The art direction of this movie so is good. up there with Rogue One. I mean, it's the same people. So, like, for me, I was just like, wow, all of these people, God, I just want to take your mask off and wear it for a few days, maybe to work or Why something. Just make sense. Or just to the drive through. Stop. And, but, <laughs> but no, I mean, I was like, all this stuff I love about it, but then you get these weird scenes here and there where there's just like. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's another thing. Every time it was like a really good scene, it would just like end. 
<laughs> yeah. I go on to. There you go. Oh, sorry. We <laughs> we got cut off, guys. Yeah, sorry. But I think we're talking too much. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of a technical difficulty, but yeah, it was great. Aesthetic. Uh, some parts good, some parts weird, but overall, you know, good story. Oh my god, the ending. Ah, we looked at you. <laughs> we're like, you know what? I would watch that movie so much. Oh my god. Um, I would love that movie, and yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I hope that helps. That's a good ending, right? See, there you go. Yeah. The Mandalorian armor. Yeah. Office. And then also oh Crimson God. Dawn. I mean, that's like the they're continuing the story almost to tie into Clone Wars where they become those. Yes. Crimson, yeah. All we're, the tie-ins. We're, 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 All the tie-ins. Amazing. Yeah. So like Maul is going to have his Mandalorian cannon, army. Cannon, cannon. Oh, my God. Oh, let me get it. But yeah. Black Sun. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Thank All you. right, guys, we're talking too much. Yeah. I'm seeing I'm, the minute mark. We're going to go digest it. Bye. Right. Bye. May the force be with you. Blast point. Hey, Jason and Gabe, it's Din here from F105. I just saw your Instagram post uh, to have people send in voicemail reaction to Solo Star Wars story. Uh, apparently, I, I saw it last night with a bunch of friends, and apparently I freaked out so much in the theater about a certain moment, no spoiler here, that they said it would have been a viral uh, reaction video, which is kind of funny. Um, I lost it in the movie theater I think the most profound thing, if I could use that word for a reaction that I could say about Solo, a Star Wars story, is I, f- I was expecting maybe a fun, modern, hip take on Solo, which the movie still was, but what I wasn't expecting was something that seemed to be so authentically true to the spirit of George Lucas in, in tone, in the way it moved. But more importantly, in world building and mythology, which which uh, people will know what I'm talking about when they watch the movie. Uh, in another respect, there's some themes there about family and uh, I think oneness. Oneness is always a huge theme with Star Wars. Uh, one of my favorite lines in the movie was uh, when Solo, and this is really just not a spoiler but you know this is going to be a bit of dialogue from the movie when solo says uh he's interpreting chewy and think and solo says i think he said tribe or family and then someone from the crew said what's the difference and left it open-ended and hanging and uh, i think that's true lucasian spirit where he's trying to say that we're all interconnected yeah we're all family and um I I could go on forever, but I just have to say I wasn't expecting to go home having one of the most fun and joyful and exciting and exhilarating movie experiences. Not just Star Wars experiences, but movie experiences of my life. So thanks for uh, playing this and uh, continued good fortune with your podcast. And may the force be with you. Hello, Blast Points. This is Brandon in Arizona. I just got out of Solo, A Star Wars Story, and I'm going to make a bold claim that this is the best movie of all time. I think that it was amazing from beginning to end, and everyone involved deserves a ton of credit and praise for their work. Uh, Some of the very highest of the high points were Alden Ehrenreich, Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark, Darth Maul, and references to all of the original Lando novels. I can't wait to see it again, and I plan to do that very soon. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Jason and Gabe, Brittany here, a.k.a. The Greer Sonnel on Twitter. Just sending in my brief reaction after viewing Solo, A Star Wars Story. First thing I want to say is Lady Proxima. I feel like she is giving Master Codebreaker a run for his money in the charming department. I know she has stolen my heart, and I hope we see more from Lady Proxima. It was also really great having another 
Pawn Moof Milker reference in there. I thought that was a nice touch. Having Warwick Davis back as Weasel, that was kind of fun. I knew he was going to be in the film, of course, but seeing him return as that character, which is kind of unusual for his appearances in Star Wars films, I thought that was kind of a nice nice little extra something. Uh, overall, I, I enjoyed the movie. I think it will take a little warming up and getting used to. Um, I think partially because I was riding that Last Jedi high for so long, still am. I love that film so much that I may have set the expectation a little too high, um, but I did enjoy the film. I, I did want more time with L337 and Val. That was kind of one of my bigger parts and problems with it. I wanted more time with those characters. I thought they were great characters, and it just seemed too short. We didn't really get to have as much time with them as I would have liked. But overall, I, like I said, I think I will continue to warm up to this movie upon other viewings. This is just my first viewing, and those are my thoughts. Thank you so much for having me give my review, and great job on the podcast. I look forward to listening every week. May the Force be with you. Hey, Jason and Gabe. It's Crispin from Brooklyn. Uh, just wanted to shoot you a quick message. Uh, say I just got done seeing Solo. I uh, got home on the subway and wanted to compose my thoughts. I love the film. It was so much fun. Uh, I haven't had this much fun in a Star Wars movie in a long time. Uh, and that means something. Uh, I loved the cast. I loved all the plot twists. I loved the special effects. Uh, just everything about it. If I had one gripe, it would be the appearance of Darth Maul. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the character. Uh, he's sort of like a Sith Lord who came back from a gathering of the Juggalos. Uh, not my thing. But not also not an issue. Uh, overall, I would rank this very high if I was going to juggle all the films around and say, love this, this, this. This is up in the top half for sure. Probably higher than uh, some other recent films. And uh, I don't know. I just thought it was great. Can't wait to see it again. Maybe I'll go right now. Catch you later. Bye. Hello, Blast Points. Jason and Gabe. Uh, this is Jacob with my niece Kiki. We just walked out of Solo, and we're doing our initial review of the, the film. All right, so Kiki, favorite character, go. Han. Han. And what was your favorite scene with Han? When he jumped on the train and he stopped and said, he was like, guys, I'm all right. <laughs> okay, so... <he> <laughs> Uh, the whole train robbery was great, right? Yeah. But I think it was good to see him as the accidental hero where he kind of falls into it, even though he's kind of just yeah. meandering through it. <clears throat> um, my favorite character was definitely Chewbacca. I feel like that movie just reminded me of how much I love Chewbacca. My favorite scene with Chewbacca is absolutely when he rips the arms off the guy. I've been waiting for so long for that to happen. And he ripped off both arms, and it was phenomenal. And Han has the joke that he, uh, that th that guy's uniform would have fit him in the exact next scene. He's got the outfit on that's too big for him. <clears throat> All right, what was your favorite scene in the movie? When um... the Droid Rebellion. It's yeah. not even a question. <laughs> that is the best scene in the movie. Uh, when L3 starts freeing all the droids. No, I actually think when um, Han was flying the uh, ship mm -hmm. and... The Falcon. Yeah, the Falcon. <clears throat> and Chewbacca kind of like started helping. He was oh, like, yeah. when did you learn? <laughs> like, he was like, 190. <laughs> Man, you look great. <laughs> <laughs> that that classic. And actually, actually, Lando, I think, was... was I mean, Donald Glover just nailed Lando. He was, he was great in it. So, are you ready for this? Saddest moment in the movie. Uh, when L3 dies. Yes. It was so, so sad. sad. So, so sad. And you looked at me, and you go, <laughs> this is sad. <laughs> but, okay, so, and Brian brought, brought this up uh, when we were leaving. There's, there's this, when they upload L3 to the Falcon, there's a scene in one of the movies where C-3PO is talking to the Falcon and say, says that it, the Falcon has a strange dialect. <clears throat> so clearly that's from L3. Um, uh, what, what, what else? What else? We got Chewie ripped arms off. That's all you need. That's it. You could have made a three-hour movie of Chewie ripping arms off. 
so question for Blast Points. Is that what you want to ask? Yes. All right, Blast Points. Kiki has a question for you. What was the biggest surprise in the movie? I think I know what the biggest surprise is, but we want to know yours. You, yeah. Asking. Okay. So what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say the biggest surprise was Darth Maul showing up. Yeah. But outside Darth Maul, what was the biggest surprise of the movie? Go. And yeah, thank you, and may the force be with you. Bye, guys. Hey guys, this is Jake. I'm calling in from Chicago, and I will raise my hand and say that I was one of those people that was skeptical of a Han Solo standalone movie, but now that it's here, now that I've seen it, I have to say I had a blast with it. I thought it was a great film, and tip of the hat to Ron Howard, the cast and the crew, for giving us such an awesome Star Wars movie. I also want to add a little commentary to the box office, since that's the big headline coming out of this weekend. I really think that this came down to scheduling and not the movie itself. I think the audience um, has kind of gotten used to Star Wars movies in December. And more to the point, if you look at the last six years of Memorial Day weekend movies in the box office, Solo is doing pretty well um, in that company. I think that this has more to do with the fact that Memorial Day weekend is not the kickoff of summer and big movies are released throughout the whole year. So when you take the expectation of seeing Star Wars movies in December plus the trend for Memorial Day weekend, that really tells you more than anything else about Star Wars movies going forward, which is to say there's no such thing as Star Wars fatigue. All right, guys, have a great one. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Stardust. I've had a crush on Han Solo since 1977, and that's not an exaggeration. I feel that Solo, a Star Wars story, does justice to his character as well as to the other characters involved in the film and the greater Star Wars universe. I knew we could trust Ron Howard. Go and see this film before it accidentally gets spoiled for you. Trust me. Hey, Blast Points and fellow scrum rats. Uh, this is John from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Just calling to give you guys my take on Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, I literally just left the theater from the fir- third third showing, and uh, I think that's the, what I needed to wrap my head around how insane it is um, that that movie exists. Um, first of all, I mean, Han Solo and Chewbacca take a shower together, and that's about that's the least crazy thing that happens. Um, Alden Ehrenreich, I think, is uh, amazing as Han. Uh, just crushes the role. Um, every time he's on screen, he uh, dominates, and he's amazing. Uh, I don't know what anybody was worried about after having seen the entire movie. Donald Glover as Lando, priceless. Um, all the new supporting cast uh, of characters are cool and interesting, and I, I'd like to know more about any of them, uh, especially Emphis Nest, who is totally badass the entire time uh super cool that uh cloud riders end up being like a proto rebellion basically and then we get two tubes back um and actually this time i just noticed that moroff is in the background of the uh the kessel uh revolution um which is hands down my favorite part of the entire movie uh starting from that restraining bolt coming off uh and then all all hell breaking loose uh up to like a legion of uh super ape-looking Wookiees uh, clearing the way for some coaxium to board the Falcon. Um, It's incredible, uh, and I hope to see it at least three more times before it leaves the theaters because I'm I'm blown away by it. Uh, Talk about a turnaround uh, from not really uh, being that excited for it and actually being uh, kind of vocally against it to how I feel about it now. uh, kind of eating crow on that one, and uh, at this point, I'll see any anything that uh, the Disney-owned Lucasfilm throws our way. I'd go see Bob Iger, a Star Wars story, at this point. <laughs> so, um, I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing. Loved it. Uh, cool. Take it easy, guys. Thank you.
basement gabe this is kathy so i saw solo last night and i have a few thoughts about it uh first of all i really loved that they showed han speaking wookie that was really great like you always knew that han understood wookie but it was really cool to show him speaking it even if he didn't speak it very well (laughs) but that was really great i liked that a lot and um lando was fantastic i knew he would be and lando loves his mother because of course he does um but i liked that they also showed the explanation for the you've got a lot of nerve showing up here thing in empire like it's really funny that like chewie and han um you know pretended like they were mad at lando for leaving and then that was like this running joke between them like that was really funny i liked that a lot and i really liked lando's relationship with l337 she's hilarious and super fantastic i loved the whole droid rights thing um she was really great and but of course they gave a female droid wide hips anyway um but it's sweet that she is part of the millennium falcon forever now like that's really sweet i liked that they did that and um the with beckett i thought it was really cool that they gave him the surprise surprise helmet that i guess they keep on the millennium falcon in case anyone needs a disguise (laughs) but yeah it was like surprise surprise beckett in disguise and um i also thought that uh that it was really cool that they had him talking about how he killed aura singh or that he didn't really kill her he just shoved her but um but yeah, that's that was pretty interesting that they had Beckett kill Aura Singh because um, I never really liked her anyway, so that's fine. Um, and I really, really loved Emphis Nest a lot. I thought that Emphis Nest was a really great character. Uh, her outfit was super cool. Um, and the more I learned about her as a character, the more I liked her. So that was really great. Um, I'm sad that we probably won't get to see much of her anymore, but um, I did really like Emphis Nest. And um, there were a few predictable moments moments i will say that um like beckett's betrayal well duh like (laughs) who else would it be there were no other characters left like there were no other suspects like i don't know and when i was (laughs) in the theater there were audible gasps when he walked through the door and i'm like oh come on (laughs) who else was it gonna be there's nobody left what other characters are there like of course it was gonna be beckett like come on so that was predictable but it was i mean it was fine it didn't really bother me that much and then uh, you know other little stuff like of course chewie came back and helped han push that card and stuff like that so there were a few predictable things but i mean it was fine it was nothing that really was nothing that really bothered me too much um but what wasn't predictable that i did really like and it makes perfect sense darth maul oh my god oh my god oh my god like Darth Maul freaks me out to begin with so it was I was not expecting him to show up and that was pretty great and it makes perfect sense because you know I mean at this point in the timeline you know in Clone Wars Darth Maul was doing crime syndicate things and Kira is part of the crime syndicate it makes perfect sense so that was a really nice surprise and you know I mean Darth Maul scares the hell out of me so (laughs) it's kind of like at the end of Rogue One when there was this scary Vader hallway scene like Darth Maul showing up at the end of of Solo I was like ah <laughs> but anyway it was really it was really good I really liked that they did that um it made perfect sense so overall um I did really like Solo a lot I thought it was a lot of fun and um there were there were some interesting new characters but I will say that it won't change the way I watch the original trilogy as much as Rogue One did because now every time I watch A New Hope I and they have the award ceremony at the end, I always feel like they should have a moment of silence for Jin. And the, I guess the only thing that'll change is when I watch Empire, when they first meet up with Lando, I'll probably be like, ha ha ha. And like that, you know, now I'm in on the inside joke, but that's it. Like, so I did, I mean, I liked Solo a lot, but it won't really change the way I watch the original trilogy. Um, but yeah, so it was good. It was a lot of fun. Uh, good summer movie. And yeah, I think that's it. Thanks for listening to my ramblings, and may the force be with you. Bye! Hey, Blast Points. This is uh, Peter from Long Island, New York. I just saw Solo a couple days ago, and I just finished listening to your podcast about Solo. Um, I don't want to talk about too much of the things you guys already mentioned, um, but it was really cool to see a story 
um, that was kind of like shades of gray. There was no definitive good. There was no definitive evil. Um, it was really kind of refreshing to see that in a Star Wars movie. It felt like a really good issue of Star Wars Tales, in my opinion. Um, you guys were right. It kind of feel, felt like some vignettes of just adventures, but I, I like that. Um, I really like seeing Chewie as like a threat again. Um, you don't really see him doing what he does. So you only hear about how like tough and aggressive he can get. Um, this one you finally get to see it, which is really cool. Um, I love the design work in it, and I thought it was like a smorgasbord of helmet goodness. That was really great. Um, the Enfy's Nest theme was fantastic. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I, I would give it like a like a C plus. Um, I thought the lead. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, he was great, and I, it kind of stinks that he got all that flack about his acting ability because I thought he was terrific. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, there's really nothing else to say. Um, keep up the good work. You guys are like the thing I look forward to most on Tuesdays. And uh, talk to you soon. And thanks. Bye. Hi, Jason and Gabe. This is Michelle in Chicagoland. Uh, initial disclaimer right off the bat. This is not my um, first reaction to having seen it. It's Sunday. I have seen Solo A Star Wars Story three times. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's a good thing I didn't jump on the recorder right away after the first time I saw it because it probably would have come off as kind of negative. But um, I realized after seeing it three times that the stuff that I didn't like is really a small percentage. I would say a good 85% of this movie I really liked to even loved. So right off the bat, my first thing that I want to say is the casting was impeccable. I've been on the Alden Ehrenreich train since that list of dudes had been circulating of who the potential Han Solos were going to be. And he has been my first pick all along. I put up with a lot of abuse from a couple of my friends <laughs> in defending him. And I feel really good about the fact that he nailed it. One of the things that was incredible to me was that he had this chemistry, great chemistry, with everyone else in the cast. It's not just good chemistry with Chewie. It's not just good chemistry with Lando. It is those two for sure, but um, Amelia Clark and Woody Harrelson, like everyone, he just, he was great. I I don't know what else to say about it. Very surprised that I love the relationship between him and Kira. I'm a, Leia's my number one, will always be my number one. And I really didn't know how I was going to feel about him, you know, making eyes at some other girl Um, but I have to say, I actually love them together. I thought it was just really well written and their chemistry was great. Uh, the the little makeout sessions were like, oh, wow, we're just really getting into this right off the bat. (laughs) Okay. Um, but that, uh, it brings me to the other thing that I loved about this movie, which was the score. John Powell hit a home run. And and not just him. Obviously, we know that John Williams wrote Han's theme after 41 years. I've been waiting for that probably more than anything else in this movie. I have been dying to hear this new Han Solo theme. And it was well worth the wait. I love the theme. But what really makes me um, just... What really amazed me was that John Powell managed to take that theme write his own incredible new stuff and pull in some of the old, you know, nostalgic themes from the original trilogy as well. And, and the prequel trilogy, we got prequel music in this movie motifs. I just was like, what, (laughs) what is happening? Um, but honestly, he, I've listened to that soundtrack probably five or six times since Friday. Just loved it. Um, but Speaking of prequel trilogy, uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna have to bring up what really bothered me about this movie, and it's nothing that other people aren't already saying, but the fan service button was pushed 
really hard, uh, too hard, in my opinion. I think they went a little too far with it. The, the EU stuff, like the under the radar stuff and the name dropping, uh, like the R. Singh thing, I was, I guess, like, oh my gosh, that's great. The refer- there was a little reference in there to the Galaxy's Edge Park that I caught. That kind of stuff I loved. Like the stuff in Dryden's office, Easter eggs in his office, so much fun. I love that kind of stuff. But there were a couple of really on-the-nose um, things that they put in there that I just, it, it kind of made me eye-rolly. And all of it in the aggregate, by the time we got to Darth Maul, or I guess he's just Maul now, by the time we got to Maul, popping up at the end, my gut reaction to him was, ugh, really? I mean, I, I don't think I made that noise in the theater. <laughs> I hope I didn't. Um, but in my head, I was, it was a big, it was a big, ugh, no, I didn't like it. And having seen it three times, I've, it's only solidified the fact that I don't like it. And the reason I don't like it, I think, I'm trying to be introspective about this. Uh, it's not because I don't like Maul. I do. I love that character. That character's awesome. Um, but I, to me, it has gotten to the point where I feel like they just trot him out like a show pony or something, and it doesn't resonate in this narrative to me to bring him in. And I know, I know it fits the timeline. I know there's this big chunk of time where he's unaccounted for, where he could have somehow, and I don't know how, because that's part of my problem, risen to this point, this position of power. Uh, I, it, I know it fits logically and technically, not logically. I don't mean logically because I don't think it does, but technically it fits. But that doesn't mean they should have done it. And and what came to my mind um, after seeing it the first time was something that Dave Filoni said, and I think he was talking about it was during the Rebels when he was doing Rebels, um, something to the effect of like, we all love Vader. It's a given. Vader is awesome. Vader is it. Um, and, but you have to show some restraint when you are using him because otherwise it, it doesn't resonate anymore and it feels cheap. And that's really the reaction I had to Maul. I, if you guys loved it, and it seems like everybody but me and maybe a couple other people I've talked to online loved it, that's great. Happy for you. I'm happy if you're happy. Um, but to me, it did not feel right. Um, and I, uh, that, but like I said, my, my negative things about too much fan service and, and Maul um, were outweighed by the positives. I think Ron Howard pulled off a minor miracle here. I think we all need to be um, building little shrines to him because he really pulled this off in a way that I didn't even think was possible. Uh, so fantastic job, Ron Howard. You, you, did, you, you did a little Star Wars miracle for all of us. Thank you. Um, I'm so rambling and I'm probably getting this in way too late anyway, but thanks guys. I look forward to hearing your freak out. Bye. Hey, Blast Points Podcast. This is Steven at Roco Depot. And I just want to chime in with a couple solo thoughts. There was a couple scenes that just really captured me in the moment. The first time I saw the movie. The, one of the first ones that really sucked me in, that I just fell for it completely, was when they introduced Chewbacca. You see Han Solo, he's thrown down in this pit by these stormtroopers on Minban. They're up there making jokes about how we haven't fed the beast in three days. And it, it's just like this creepy overtone. You're like, the beast, oh, what is this going to be? And they're showing what it looks like down here in this pit. And it, it gives you that vibe of Jabba's palace being in the Rancor pit, and you're like, oh, what kind of monster are we going to see? And then it started to sink in on me, and I realized, wait a minute, this isn't a monster. This is going to be Chewbacca. And sure enough, 
Chewbacca. He's all dirty and mangy. He looks terrible, but he also looks terrifying. He comes out, and you're just like, oh, this, this was perfect. This was great. And then another scene that really, when I was watching the movie, it really hit me, was when they're on Savarine, and they're, they've already delivered the fuel. They're refining it or whatever. And everybody's walking up the hill, and they're going to, like, this outside cantina bar sort of a thing. Um, you know, Beckett even asked, hey, I've heard you got good brandy here, you know. But you got this it's real quiet. It's got this great Western vibe to it. You feel like you're in a Western, and you got these gunslingers going into a cantina. But you've also got this eerie creepiness with everybody around them. Everybody's quiet. Everybody's giving them these looks. And you're like, Something bad's gonna happen. Something, there's a, it's building up to a conflict. And then you get Emphis Ness outside, and they all square up like they're gonna duel, like the big showdown gunslingers. And that, just that Western vibe there was perfect. I loved it. But then they subvert all the expectations, and there is no gunfight. You know, they, they actually talk to each other and actually come to a resolution that's peaceful. It, it was great, though. It worked out great. I love the movie. I hope they make more. I just, ah, and I can't wait to see it again. Hey, love you guys' podcast. Keep up the good work. Hey, Blast Points. It's Stephanie from Boston calling in with my review of Solo, A Star Wars Story. In short, I really loved it much more than I originally thought I would, Um, although it kind of lived up to the better expectations that I um, built based off of the marketing and the previews and the stuff that was coming out closer to the movie. I was not really feeling the movie until then, but then after that, I got really excited about the idea of a heist crime underworld film in the Star Wars universe, and that is exactly what I got, and I loved it. Um, For me, it was just really fun, which is exactly what I needed. I absolutely adored The Last Jedi and Rogue One, both of those still my top two Star Wars movies along with Empire, so obviously I like um, a good downer every once in a while, but Also, I really like to have fun sometimes in the Star Wars universe. I mean, Star Wars is fun, and I think that this will be the perfect movie for me to watch over and over again when I feel like a fun Star Wars movie that's not going to make me too emotionally exhausted. Um, Not to say that it didn't have emotional moments that worked for me, and it definitely reminded me about how much I really love the character of Han, which is saying something. Han used to be my absolute favorite Star Wars character, but he fell out of favor in favor of some others uh, several years ago, and I kind of forgot why he was my favorite, and this movie reminded me. Um, And I think that Alden absolutely nailed the role. I think that he really captured the naive, uh, goofy, but good-hearted Han who sort of puts up this facade of a tough guy but is not that at all. Um, that is really the true character, and I was so pleased that the script and his performance really lived up to that, and I was shocked by how much I believed him as Han, because I was very skeptical at first, I think like a lot of people. Um, I absolutely thought Donald Glover was fantastic, and I really enjoyed everyone's performances, um, The other characters I really liked um, a lot, and I also felt like I wish that um, Val and L3 had not been killed so relatively early in the film, but I also understand that the pace of the film kind of forced that to happen, and there wasn't really another way to go about it, and I I think it worked overall, Um, and I recognize that the film felt different from a regular Star Wars movie for me, but the way I thought of it was when I was watching it, this is like a Star Wars comic miniseries, like a really good Star Wars comic miniseries is what it felt like to me. Um, Complete with like 
tons of action set pieces, really fast paced, moving from here to here to here, kind of a self-contained character driven story and complete with a big old twist at the end. And that really blew me away. I was not expecting Maul at the end of this movie at all. Um, I think I screamed very loudly in the theater and just jumped up and down in my chair and freaked out everybody else around me who all, all of their jaws were on the floor, but no one had a reaction like me and my sister did when that happened. But um, I'm a massive fan of Maul, especially as he has developed in Clone Wars and Rebels. I'm a huge fan of Clone Wars and Rebels, so I was gobsmacked by that. I did not expect to ever see that level of crossover with the animated series in a live-action film and that kind of lack of worrying about whether or not mainstream audiences like the more casual fans are going to get it. Like, I never thought that was going to happen. I thought that the animated world and the live-action world was going to stay relatively separate, even though I know that they've had nods and crossovers and, you know acknowledgement that it's all connected before I never thought they were going to do it in such a way that it's so important to the plot that it's going to make a lot of other people scratch their head but honestly I was delighted by it I was just so I don't know I just it just felt fantastic and I'm still reeling from that I still can't believe they did that um I'm curious to see where it's going it seemed to be setting up for something I don't know if it's going to be going for the Boba Fett movie if there's going to be some mall in there or if they just did it for fun we'll see I hope it's setting up for something because otherwise I that might feel a little silly I think it'd be better if it were setting up for something but yeah I mean in conclusion it was awesome it was so fun it was a nice relaxing break from all the heaviness of The Last Jedi, even though I love that movie. And I can see myself seeing this one a lot and watching this one, even at home a lot. Like, I can see this in the future being the Star Wars movie I put on most often when I'm just like, I'm in the mood for some great fun Star Wars, and I don't really know if I'm in the mood to cry buckets, so I think I'll just watch this. And for me, I think uh, we all need that sometimes, so... I loved it. I'm happy to share my review and absolutely love the podcast. Keep up the great work, guys. Bye. Hey, Jason and Gabe. This is Robbie from the UK. Uh, although now I'm in Australia, so I guess things have changed. But uh, I've just come out of my third screening of Solo, and uh, I have to say I really, really do love the film. Um it's a bit disappointing after hearing the box office results over the weekend, something like 88 million or something like that for the uh, domestic um, and only like 150 or 60 for global. Uh, considering for a Star Wars film, that's pretty low, but I'm not going to talk about that. Um, hopefully it just goes great in the following weeks and it makes enough money that it proposes a sequel because I really did love this film. I thought, first off, Alan Ehrenreich was incredible. He was really just spot on. His a perfect combination of Harrison Ford, but mostly just making his own character. But I never felt like, oh, this this doesn't feel like Han, or that he wouldn't say that or do that. It felt like he did it perfectly. And there's just some moments that Alden has that is just perfect uh, when he's talking about uh, talking to Dryden, trying to make a deal to find the Coaxium again. And he says, uh, well, well, we can get a fast ship, and we have the best pilot in the galaxy. And he just points to his face and smiles and just the way he, he smiles even is very similar to Harrison Ford actually um, in the original trilogy and he just he has that charisma to him and I just he got it right on point he I'm honestly so happy how well his performance is in this in this film he did an amazing job um, same with Donald Glover obviously as Lando Calrissian um, but in terms of the whole the script and the, the story and everything I really enjoyed it it definitely I agree with Gabe in that it's quite different in the way it's kind of structured and the way it flows and everything from scene to scene you know we don't have the wipes or anything like that uh, which I don't believe Rogue One had either but just the way it goes from you know planet to planet uh, there are sometimes not all, sometimes there is but sometimes there isn't those those transition shots if you will when you know the Falcon's going off into space and it's going off into the next planet um there are some cuts here and there that do feel very different, but ultimately it doesn't 
break the tone or it never feels unlike Star Wars. It's just a different kind of Star Wars for me. And, it, and I guess, you know, we're, we're, we should expect that for these standalone films. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately the thing it came down to was the performances and the script, because those are the two most important things for most films, but particularly this, because obviously they're playing, the two main guys are playing characters that we already know and love from the original trilogy, and they nailed that. And the story, I think, is great. And I thought the the, the twist with Anthony's Nest was really surprising. Um, and usually I, I bloody hate kids in... Um, in, in movies, they just annoy me for some reason. Just their, their faces annoy me. But there, she was actually really good. Business, <laughs> I thought it was a good surprise, and the fact that she's almost like the, uh, the, the she's the spawn of the rebellion, if you will. I mean, obviously we see that a bit in the deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith, but um, to see this actually, you know, they're using coaxium to fund a beginning of a rebellion is actually really, really exciting. Um, and Dryden Voss, I thought, was a great villain in the way Paul Bettany kind of he came he came at the eleventh hour and you know replaced um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he he replaced this other actor and did an amazing job um, where he's kind of he's very clear in his, his intentions, um, but he also you know, pretends as if he cares for you know uh, Tobias Beckett and and Han and stuff, which I think to a certain point until they really can't screw him over. Um, he actually does. He's, he's kind of an interesting villain. I really like it. Um, and I was worried about him because I thought in the preview images, I thought he looked kind of lame um, with the, the, the scars and everything, or the burns on his face. But in, in motion, I thought Paul Bettany was fantastic. I thought he was a great villain. Um, the whole Darth Maul thing at the end, I'm sure that's going to be talked about a lot, so I won't get into it, but I really, really enjoyed that. I thought that was a great twist. Um, and I thought the character of Kira is one of my favorite characters in this film because she's she's very mysterious. But um, you know, for a long time I thought she's like a double agent, but she was never really a double agent as such. She's basically she's she's quite honest with Han, and it's not like she's keeping these secrets from him on purpose. She just because she just doesn't want to hurt him, so she doesn't want to involve him into her life anymore. Because as much as she wants to be with him, she's too deep into Crimson Dawn now with with Maul and everything. So. I really liked her performance because it was, and the way she was written because she was still being honest to, to Han. She wasn't suddenly, you know, at the last minute betrayed him or anything like that. It was more she left on the ship because she wanted to protect him in the end because she still loves him that much. So I actually really liked her character and how the way she was betrayed from Amelia Clark, um, who, yes, I do. I do love like most men do. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, I thought the action was great. It was really, really fun. It was, it was a combination of really lighthearted, um, and then also really dark moments. And sometimes when, you know, characters die unexpectedly, um, I wish Rio didn't die as quickly because I thought he was great. Um, and visually it's actually quite dark as well. Like, you know, when you're on Corellia, when you're on Kessel and stuff, it's quite murky and dark, but in, in a good way. Um, but it contrasts kind of nicely against the, the tone of the film or the performances from, the actors, which can be quite whimsical and fun, especially from from uh, Lando and and Han. Um, the only real criticism I have, I feel, is the the Kessel Run. Albeit it, w- it was really fun, I really enjoyed it. I felt like it just went for a tad too long. I felt like the edit there, right near the end, when they're they're injecting the coaxium into the the fuel drive or whatever, to for them to get out of the, the gravity pool there. I thought like that was a tad too long. I felt like it, the intensity kind of wears off a bit because it, 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 it went on for just a tad too long. But really, that's a very you know, minor gripe. I still really enjoyed it for what it was. Um, and that and the theme of Envy's Nest, I know you guys loved it, but the crazy choir um, for the Envy's Nest theme, I thought was a bit weird and kind of off with the rest of the score which I loved by the way even from right from the get-go when it has the the text and everything at the beginning just the way it builds up and everything and then it cuts to the black and it's got Han who's kind of jump-starting that car the music was terrific I thought John Powell did an incredible job I liked it even more than Michael G. Kino's score which I thought was great as well um but just that that just the the theme of Enfy's Nest was I thought was a bit weird I I don't know I get where it's going a bit tribal and stuff but it kind of felt completely different to the rest of the score. But really, again, that's a minor gripe. Um, but everything else that I'm super stoked. I just hope this mo- this movie is successful enough that they do a second and hopefully a third film, which, we, as we all know, Alan Ehrenreich has actually signed up for three films. So hopefully he actually fulfills though that, that contract and actually does a second and third film because 
the second it ended, I'm, I was just like, oh man, I just want more. Like I, I just, I just want more of of Chewie and Han adventuring around the galaxy and you know going to Tatooine as it's suggested at the, at the end of the film. I thought. I just I just wanted more. I think it'd be a crime if that was it. Like we never saw those actors play those characters again, um, because they were just so good. It, I think it'd be you know it'd be, I'd be really upset if they said oh no it just didn't make enough money so we didn't do it. You know I think Alden and and uh, Donald Glover were just so good and and Jonas as Chewie was so good. I mean we get so much Chewie in this film. I think he gets the most screen time out of any of the films we've ever seen. He, he's fantastic. Um, anyway, I could keep going on and on, but. Um, I really, really love the film. Where it is in my rankings of Star Wars films, I don't know. I'm kind of, to be honest with you, part of me is kind of over the rankings because it's starting to get more and more films, obviously, and it's just getting too much. I'm just really enjoying all these new films, and Solo is no exception. It's it's really a really fun ride, um, and I just hope it makes more money because more people should see it because it's really good. Um, anyway, thanks for all your great work, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, keep it all up, and uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Hey Jason and Gabe, Kevin here calling in with some quick thoughts on Solo. Uh, overall, I thought it was a really fun little light Star Wars adventure, and I'm excited to see it again. I loved how it embraced everything about Star Wars, from the prequels to the sequels and the animated shows, and you had aliens and callbacks from all over the franchise, and I thought it was just very well done. And you had Pikes in live action, which was really a top ten moment for me. And not just of the movie, of my life. So I'm very excited to see more of them. The performances were great. I thought Alden really proved himself as Han. And I'm very excited to see where he takes the character from the bright-eyed optimist we see in this one to kind of the cynical guy who just needs a hug to remember that he's a good guy deep down. And I think they really did nail Han's motivation. He wants to be a tough guy, but really he... He's just a big softy. He wants to hug Chewbacca, and he wants to do the right thing. And uh, I love the set pieces. I thought the droid revolution uh, was a top 10 Star Wars scene for me. And I'm always about watching Wookiees and droids cast down their oppressors. It was beautiful. It was peak, peak weird Star Wars, and I loved it. L3 forever in our hearts and in the Falcon. And most of all, I kind of like that it proves that Lucasfilm can go a little smaller. You don't have to have these grand galaxy, uh, galaxy-encompassing conflicts to make a Star Wars movie. You can have a little fun in a little pocket of the Star Wars universe. And I think if they do a Boba Fett movie, and you know maybe we get Jabba coming in in a sequel, you have a cool little universe within a universe where you have a little franchise focused on the underworld. And I think there's a lot of good, fertile Star Wars stories to be told there. And uh, unfortunately, because nothing's perfect, I have a few nitpicks, and one of them pretty significant, and that's uh, how they use the character of Vale. The first ten minutes of Vale, I, I loved her. I thought she was great. I was very excited to see what she was going to do, and then she kind of just got blown up. And a l- little more to my uh, disappointment is I thought the transition after that was done a little bit carelessly where you have a brief moment of silence, and then Han and Beckett are just uh, back to, where's the money? Where's the fuel? And I, I just thought it was a little a little roughly done and kind of took away from the family conversation they were having around the fire. So uh, mark that in the lost column for me, but you can always learn. And uh, I also think L3 deserved to be a franchise character, and I know she is a franchise character since she's the heart and soul of the Falcon, but I think the character was great and I would have loved to see her in a couple of follow-up movies. But, I mean, she, she, I guess she fulfilled her purpose. She's going to blow up the Death Star eventually. And uh, she freed all the droids and Wookiees on Kessel, so there's something to be said for that. Overall, I'm excited to see it again. I'm excited to hear what people think, and uh, yeah, all Star Wars is good Star Wars, especially weird Star Wars. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's pretty much it for me, and I'm signing off, and Godspeed, Blast Points.
Hey Jason and Gabe, it's Jesse here from Adelaide in South Australia. Just wanted to send you guys a bit of a clip with some thoughts on Solo. I am one seriously happy Star Wars fan right now. Like I'm just over the moon. I'm I can't stop thinking about this movie and when I do I just grin like a moron like I did through both sessions. I've seen it twice um, and yeah, like I said, both times I just sat there grinning like a moron. There's just so many great things about this movie. Han and Chewie were just, they're my favourite characters um, in all of Star Wars and just seeing their adventures kick off and, you know, just seeing a whole movie with those two back and forth was just, that just made me smile so much um, and I was just smiling now just thinking about it. Um, I do wish I could have seen you guys' reaction when that frog started singing. That just that cracked me up, and yeah, as soon as that frog started singing, I thought of you guys. Um, so I can't wait to hear what you guys think about that. I think that I look forward to it. But yeah, there's just so much good stuff in this movie. Like we've finally seen the Kessel Run. We now know what Corellia looks like. We saw Han save Chewie, which we've we've heard about for years. Um, a little bit different in the books, obviously going back, but you know it's cool to see it on screen and their meeting was just was just a really funny scene too and just seeing the banter between those two throughout the whole movie was is was awesome um i really like the music too i think john powell's done a great job there's some stuff in the kessel run there that's there's there's some empire strikes back and i think i heard a little bit of a a bit of a cue from the falcon from the force awakens so i look forward to delving into the soundtrack and seeing if seeing if i was seeing if my uh seeing if i was my instincts were right there so yeah, just a really fun movie. I can't wait to go and see it again. I really can't. Anyway, guys, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. Um, keep up the awesome work. Um, and may the force be with both of you. See you guys. Hey, this is Allison calling in my review for Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so much fun. Um, I can't really get over the ending. I was absolutely shocked to uh, see Darth Maul, or I guess just Maul, in an actual live-action Star Wars film. That is the part that I still cannot get over. I was ready for this movie. I had a previous kind of... um, I was undecided about how I felt about it until I started seeing the previews. Then I started getting excited, getting sort of the vibe of what this movie was going to be. And, you know, just optimistic, because I knew it was Star Wars and I was going to have some level of fun no matter what. But I was having such a great time with this movie. It was perfect. It kind of was exactly what I was expecting. A really great, just fun vibe, Star Wars adventure in the sense of like, you know, some of the stuff that doesn't always make it on the big screen, some of the stuff that I more associate with the comics and with some of the novels and with the TV. And I was just here for the whole thing. I thought Alden was great. I thought that um, the entire supporting cast was really good. I was just in for the ride. But then um, that part happened and I still think I might have died. I'm not really sure what happened. I left that theater in a daze. I could not believe that Darth Maul had made the jump from a film that everybody had seen, but where everybody had just assumed that he was dead, to the small screen where I've been following him in, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels and in like some of the comics, you know, he shows up for some of, you know, the novels. Um, and I was not expecting that they were going to make that jump and just expect general audiences to just do the work for themselves and figure out why this character was still alive and had robot legs and was talking about Dathomir. And I was screaming. I was so excited. I feel like that's all I can talk about because it's still my favorite thing that I was, um, I'm still in shock about. And it's been like a week since I've seen this movie. I need to go back and see it again. And take. I'm excited to take my parents to see it because they don't really follow anything outside of the films and see how in the world they're going to react to that. I'm very excited about it. Um, but yeah, Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, better call them all. I loved it.
We did it. Yeah, we made it. That was all solo listener reviews. Everybody sounded great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you everybody for uh, letting us know what you thought and taking the time to uh, record something and send it our way. It's great hearing everybody's opinions on solo. Wide range of opinions. A lot of love. Although I could, can I say not enough Sagwa talk? Yeah, I think you can say this. You can always say that. <laughs> There's never enough Sagwa talk. Thank you again, everyone, for sending those in. Look for a regular episode of Blast Points coming on Tuesday. Yeah, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you again, everybody. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. <laughs>